Welcome to the Pitbull Patty Show. I'm your host, Patty Stuckler. We're keeping it real here with straight talk and sharing true stories that will inspire you to change your life. Are you ready for this? Because here we go. Today's episode is to have a real conversation about race. There's so much in the news anymore about the racial divide in America. You would think we were living 200 years ago, not in the postmodern era of today. So to help me in this discussion is a longtime friend of mine. She's the working mom of three great kids, married 30 years, an avid baseball fan like me, and someone who happens to be biracial. She has her feet in both the black and white world around us, so I figure she might just be the perfect guest to help in this somewhat delicate conversation. It's my honor and privilege to introduce Maria De Janeiro. Hey, how are you? <laughs> kind of weird interviewing you, isn't right? it? Yeah, it is a little bit. <laughs> I'm so excited to have you on here. Maria's been friends for, gosh, what, 20 years? Um, yeah, yeah, something like that, almost. Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, before we get into such a heavy topic, I just got to ask you about what you thought of the World Series. You know, I'm glad, actually, that Houston won because they have never won before. So I'm good. I'm glad with that. I'm glad they didn't get a chance to... Take home the trophy. Well, and going you know? seven games was pretty Yeah, it was exciting. cool. It was cool. Yeah, I love it when it goes seven games. I love when the series goes all the way. It's very exciting. It's nice to watch. Yeah, I saw there was a million people that uh, yeah. were at yeah. the parade the other day. Yeah. Although Verlander yeah. was not. <laughs> did you see that? He's marrying uh, Kate Upton. Yes, I did see that. So yes. Preparing, I guess. Yes. Kind of weird. I yeah. can imagine yeah. not being at that parade. Right. I mean, yeah. I mean it's not weird, I guess, because he's getting married. And Lord yeah, knows but Kate still. Upton, I mean, I guess... That's that's pretty big. Well, but. St- yeah, well, still, I mean, winning the World Series is not big. I mean, you know, come on. Yeah, exactly. I would have said, sorry, Kate, oh, I got to miss, you know, a couple hours or so. I'll be back, but, you know. Let me scoot out. <laughs> right. Well, I got to ask you, who do you think is the best looking player in baseball? Oh, my God. I don't know. There's, oh my God. I, I, you know what? Remember that day we were watching this game, this big, tall, blonde guy. I, I called him Thor. Exactly. I cannot remember his name, but him. I was like, oh my God, Patty, look at him. <laughs> that one. <laughs> I knew, yes. I just knew you were going to say that. Yes, I, knew I know. You were say Thor. Yes, Thor. Exactly. And people might be surprised that women talk like this. But I know, right? <laughs> I guess we're no different than No, women. we are not. Exactly. Right? No. I mean, and, why, and, why should we be? <laughs> This is true. Plus, I got to say, and I know you agree with me that baseball has the best looking Absolutely. men in sports. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. We've said hockey, that before. We've right? talked about that before. Yeah. Well, I don't know about hockey. They got all those missing teeth. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I don't know. No, baseball true. definitely has the nicest looking guys. <laughs> yeah, they're not. They're not Absolutely. Too big, right. Not too they're nice and toned just for, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yes. I think we're in agreement on that. Yes. <laughs> Well, I know, obviously, you grew up in Clinton, Maryland, like I did, and it was a predominantly white area at that time. Things have changed a lot since then, but to get into kind of this conversation, I just kind of, I want to ask you, was there, like, at what age did you realize, especially growing up in a very white area, was there a, a time or an age where you realized, wow, I'm not exactly the same as all my friends? Yes. And you know, by the way, this is usually all these conversations we usually have after several glasses of wine. So, (laughs) (laughs) 
you know, not not today. (laughs) I know. So, okay. It was actually before I lived in Clinton. We lived in Temple Hills and we lived in an apartment complex over there. And I just have a vivid image and a memory of, you know what, I'm not really sure what happened, but I know there was some sort of scuffle, confrontation or something or other. And I remember there were some parents involved. And I remember this one parent called me a little half breed. And at that point I was like, huh? Okay. That I think was probably one of the, you know, marginal points, one of the beginning points that I knew. Okay. And how old were you? Nine, maybe eight, maybe when we lived there. Yeah. Probably about eight or nine. And did you like go to your mom or dad or, you know, no, cause my, well, my dad was not in the picture back then, you know, no, my mom, you know, she wasn't around too much either. So no, I just, you know, I don't know what I did to tell you the truth. I just remember that. I just remember him saying, and I can see his face to this day. And I remember him saying, you little half breed. I was like, wow. Okay. And did you now you have two brothers. So did you ever mm-hmm. talk to them about it at that, you know, when you were little? You know, no, I don't remember having conversations with them about race or anything like that when we were younger. No. Wow. No. Yeah. Seems odd, doesn't it? Yeah, it does, doesn't it? Yeah. 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 No, I think we had other things we were worried about, you know. Yeah. Other than race. Yeah. Yeah. So it wasn't something that you've even spoken Mm -mm. about. No, didn't come up a lot. What was your worst experience? Let me just ask you that. Like just at any age where you just thought, I don't even want to, I don't want to cuss. So, right, right. <laughs> so I will well, why refrain. Not? No. I will refrain. I know, right? I yeah. See, edge. usually when we have the wine, yes, that yes. usually we can have, you know. But the okay, F-bomb right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, there are a few that I can remember. One as recent as like six years ago. I'll tell you about that in a minute. But it's always been. I even actually probably in the sixth grade. There was, you know, that's probably around then is when I was having the difficulties fitting in. Where am I? Because I know there was some of the the black kids called me Oreo, zebra. Actually, the white kids called me Oreo and zebra too. The same half read and all that same stuff like that. So back then, you know, when I got older, actually, I'll skip to this one. When I was, when I had my first real boyfriend, we were going out one night. We were going, friends and I, we were going, I was probably ninth, not even ninth grade maybe ninth, eighth grade, ninth grade, something like that. We were going to actually 10th grade. I'm sorry. It was like 10th grade. We were going to pick him up and I had never met his parents before. And I went to the door to say, Hey, is, you know, to get him, to let him know we were there. And his mom was standing there at the top of the stairs and she was looking at me when I came in, she was looking at me. I said, hi, she didn't really say anything. He came out and she just kept staring at me, staring at me and staring at me and looking at me. So we left. The next day, I got a phone call from her telling me that she did not want me dating her son. Oh, my God. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And I I mean, she went on and on and on about it. You know, I just don't think this is right. You know, you're not right. You know, you shouldn't be dating him. You know, you're not of our race, that sort of thing. You know, you're not, you know, you're, you're black, basically. You're black. And I was just dumbfounded. I was on the phone. I didn't really, couldn't say anything because I was just like, wow, that's never happened to me before. And I was like, wow. And you were like 10th grade? Wow. Yeah. Ninth grade. Ninth grade. Yeah. 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 15. I was like 15. Yeah. I was like, wow. Okay. Okay. And I didn't really know what to say to her, but you know, I did tell my mom at that point, I did tell my mom and my brothers and they were very upset. In fact, my mom actually called her 
told her, you know, basically, how dare you say that? You know, you don't ever talk to my daughter like that. And, you know, what did, on the, on what like did that. the woman say? The same thing, you know, well, I don't want, you know, I don't think they should be dating. I don't want your daughter dating my son. I don't want my son basically dating your daughter. And my mother's like, well, I don't care what you want, you know, and that pretty much click. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And then what the, so the boy, you know what, at that point he kind of started pulling back and I thought, okay, well, I get it. All right. So, and there was a point where we just stopped dating. We stopped dating and I thought, okay, you don't want, if you are not strong enough to stand up and say, Hey, this is a person I want to be with. I don't like Then I don't have time for you. Then we shouldn't be together. Wow. You know? Yeah. That's hard to believe, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah. That she would even, that, you know, that his mom would, yeah, would actually pick up the phone and call you. Yeah, I know. It's just staggering. I know. know. Do, do, now, did you find throughout your life that, do most people think you're black? Do they have other, cause, cause you know, you and I have had discussions about this. Yes, we have. Have you found that people assume, what do they assume about you? They do. They assume I'm black. Either black or some sort of Hispanic, maybe. Mm-hmm. Mainly black, though. Mostly black. Well, as you know, mm-hmm. usually black people, actually black people think I'm black. White people think I'm black. Hispanic people think I'm Hispanic. Mm-hmm. They're about the only ones who think that. <laughs> so, well, you, we've experienced that before, you know. Yeah. Well, well, I got to say, when, when I first met you, and I know I've told you this before, I thought you were like Puerto Rican. I went to a high school that was half black Mm -hmm. and had not a whole lot of Latinos, but there was one friend that I had in high school that was from Puerto Rico. And so I just, I just thought you were Puerto Rican because you look kind of similar to her. So I didn't realize that until we were talking about that later, but it does seem to be one of those things that people want to, they want to know about about you, don't they? They, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. they, they seem to be curious about your right. ethnicity. That right. seems to be something that I've noticed a lot over the years. Right. And I've had, I've told you this before, people have asked in roundabout ways trying to find out what I am. You know, oh, where are you from? You know, I'm from here, America. Oh, <laughs> you know, and I say, I never say, help I, out, I, no, I don't. No, I do not. No, I don't. I know you don't. Know. <laughs> it's kind of fun to watch. Yeah, it is fun, isn't it? I know. Yeah. I like messing with people at that point when they do that. It's like, let's just ask me, you know? Of course, you know, I get it all the time. So I'm like, just ask the question. What do you want to know? Yes, my mom is white. My dad is black. Okay. <laughs> there. <laughs> Got you it. Know? It is what it is. Get over it. Right. You know, it's interesting. I've had conversations with my children about this also, because my children see me as mom. You know, I'm mom. They don't see color. They don't see anything of that nature, anything at all. And I've had conversations with them before. I said, you know, it's unfortunate, but be prepared that, you know, some of the, you know, people that you're going to date in life are not going to be too happy, you know, when they meet me because they're going to, some of them, they're going to think, you know, you know, oh, wow, she's black. You're black. You're half black. Your mom's black, you know, so be prepared for that. You know, I've told each and every one of them that. So your, your kids, people don't always know what they are either. I'm assuming. No. In fact, probably most of the time they assume they're white. They're white. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. Absolutely. Except for Jordan, you know, because Jordan, well, my oldest is, she's, you know, more darker complected, not like me, but she more has a more olive 
So, so they usually think she is of some sort of like Italian or Hispanic or something like that. But mm-hmm. my other two, definitely, they well, think your, they're your white. Last name actually. Well, it does people. too. Yeah, De Janeiro. It does. It does. You know, it certainly does. It adds another uh, layer to it. Yes, it does. Yeah. Well. I got to say, remember, uh, now Maria and I spent a lot of years on the softball fields across the country with, with our two of our kids or two of our daughters playing softball. And one thing that I always noticed, and you know, I've talked about this with you, that we'd be on the field and it'd be mostly white people, you know, with mm-hmm. their kids playing softball. But the umpires, with so many of them would tend to be black and Marie and I, you, I know you could remember, we'd be walking mm-hmm. walking down the field somewhere, going to the snack bar, whatever. And, of course, the black umpire walks past us, and you right. would get this I little did, yeah, nod, nod that I noticed, like, what, hey, what, what? Right. what was that? Like, what the, what the F right. was that? You know, like, what, am I not here? Like, right, right, yes. <laughs> it was a very much a I see you kind of right. uh, communication, I mm-hmm. noticed. And, mm-hmm. and it happened how many times? It happens often. Yeah, quite often, quite often. Enough to be... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. You know, in fact, I have going back to my childhood, teenage years, and I was probably my I have a 13 ish, 12, 13, 14. I have a, a friend, a good friend from back then. She used to get upset, you know, when that sort of thing would happen. We'd be around people and a black person, a black guy would come by and look at me and she would say things like she's white. Damn it. She's white. Leave her alone. She's white. And I'm like, okay, well, oh my God. not really. I'm kind of, you know, <laughs> not today, not today. Can't deny that. Right. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I'm like, you know, and you know, and, and this is something, this same friend, this is a, this is a moment too, where, and I didn't know this. So my now husband back then, she liked my husband at the time when I wasn't married to him, I wasn't dating him. We were starting to date, but she had a crush on him forever. She liked him a lot. And she was talking to him one day and she said, well, you know, her father is black, right? Oh my God. Yeah. How and, convenient. And, and, uh, right. <laughs> right. I know. Right. And he's like, yeah. And, <laughs> you wow. know, and so, yeah, we're married today. So, so, <laughs> 30 years. <laughs> right. You know, so yeah, you know, things like That's that. It, it happens. Yeah, it happens. But, you know, stuff like that, when it hits really close to home, it's, you know, really somewhat difficult to deal with, you know, and it still happens today. Like I said, six, about six years ago, I was in one of the big department stores shopping. It was around Christmas time. And I was at the jewelry. I think I was at the jewelry. So I was looking at for some, some earrings or something for one of my daughters looking for some stuff. And I was walking from counter to counter. And I noticed that one of the sales ladies, she was an older lady. She was an, an, an older lady. So she, I noticed I started to notice that wherever I went, she followed me. Every counter I went to, she was right there behind mm-hmm. me, right there following me, not saying anything, just looking at me, following me. And I thought, okay, really? In this day and age, <laughs> in this store, you know, because mm-hmm. it was one of the big stores, one of the big department stores. So I remember Jordan, my daughter, was with me and I sent her a text. I said, come here, look at this. I said, watch this. And I sent her, said it on the text. So she came and she sat back and she was watching too. And I was like, see, everywhere I go, she followed me. Every counter I went. And I did it on purpose. So then I started just walking around to every counter to watch her follow me everywhere I went. You know, I'm like, what do you think? I'm, you really think I'm going to steal something? You know, mm-hmm. like I don't have money to pay for this, whatever I want, you know, I'm like, wow. Okay. You know, so it's like, it's never, you never really get away from it. You know, 
you know, the thing is that's interesting is, you know, sometimes I'm sure that you feel very certain, especially with an older lady. Yes. That probably yes. adds to it. Yes. But I would imagine that there would be times where, just like anybody, that you'd be thinking, is it because of race that right. they're, that someone is treating you a certain way right. instead of, because I know I've had that same experience. I really have had that experience like once or twice in my life. And I don't know whether it was when, because I was wearing a certain type of clothing, you know, or, mm-hmm. or what, not that I can compare that to what you're, what you've experienced or anything. I'm not suggesting that, but I, I do think sometimes it is absolutely what you're saying. And mm-hmm. I would mm-hmm. imagine in that store and with an older lady, that's probably exactly, exactly what right. you were right. thinking. Although I do think sometimes, not just race, but, you know, being a woman, being a female, sometimes we might think, well, is it because I'm a woman that something is happening or whatever? So I don't know. I don't know what your thoughts are on that. Do you caution like your kids to not, you know, not think that it, something is necessarily because of, of those, you know, of being a girl or, you know, being biracial or whatever? Well, yes, yes, yes. Sometimes, yeah. But, you know, it's always a thought in my mind, of course, because it's been ingrained since I was, you know, a child forever, Mm -hmm. that it could be a, you know, a a race issue. But yeah, I always tell them, you know, don't, don't automatically think that that's the first thing, you know, certain situations, like you say, you do know, you have, you know, there's without a shadow of a doubt, you know, you know, that it's race related like that one, because she was an elder, an elderly woman, not old, old, but she was elderly. And I figured she was, of that, of old, that uh, generation. Yeah, of that generation, exactly, mm-hmm. where she thought so, you know, that was that. But, you know, no, I've told them, you know, that it's not, especially with them, you know, because they don't look black, you know, so mm-hmm. they don't experience that. But then when they're with me, you know, they, they see, mm-hmm. they see sometimes, you know, and I'm like, sometimes it is, you know, you just have to go with your gut, you know, and say, mm-hmm. well, I don't think that was that, you know, but sometimes, yes, that's exactly what it was. And in fact, that day in the store, when that happened, that prompted a debate. My other daughter was with us and my nephew was with us. And we got to talking about that. And we walked outside of the store and I said, because see, again, they don't see me that way. They don't see me the way other people see me. You know, I'm mom or I'm aunt Maria, mm-hmm. whatever. So, but, and I was talking to my nephew and I was talking to them and I was like, you know, majority of people think I am black. They do. You could, I said, you could go ask any one of these people right here, and I guarantee you nine out of 10 would say she's black, you know? So he decided just... to go ask someone. Oh my God. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> he, he did. He did. He went over and he asked, actually, he asked this <laughs> black man, right? Mm-hmm. And he said, I was right there. He said, what do you think she is? And he, and his, she's a sister, man. Oh that's exactly God. what he said. That's, <laughs> that's exactly what he said. I know. I'm like, <laughs> I told you. I mean, what don't you believe about it? You know, it's something I know I've lived with did it he ask forever. He did. And, you know, Al, she's, you know, African American. <laughs> <laughs> you know, well. <laughs> Can't say black. <laughs> right, right. You can't say well, I think black. they're afraid right. to say black. You can't, right. I think they, they think are they, afraid. They, they, they think, think it's black. Right. People think that the black people will be offended, right. offended if right. you call them black. I, some I don't will. Think these days, some do, some don't. Most, you know. uh, I think that's yeah, kind of yeah. changing. Yeah. Don't you think? Or no? I, I hope. 
I hope it is. You know, it's it's not offensive to me. I, in fact, I don't say African American. I say black. Right. Right. I say I white and black. That's just you know, that's yeah. just the way it is. Well, I mean, you think about it. Like I'm white. I call myself white. Right. So why is it any different to right. me, to say okay, I'm black or, right. or whatever? I mean, it's just it gives you some some definition mm-hmm. of description. Mm-hmm. But that's it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not like a derogatory thing either way. I right. Think. Right. I'm really curious what your opinion is about like right now so much controversy over this NFL and the protests you know with the black players in particular which there's been some white players that have protested but basically it's a it's a black protest with the NFL and the and the you know kneeling for the anthem mm-hmm. so i really mm-hmm. am curious what your thoughts are on that i know there's it's a hotly debated thing mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I feel, and I've had multiple discussions about this, particularly with my family and my son, who is a football player. I feel that there are so many other platforms and venues for black people or whoever to protest instead of protesting the anthem. I just, I don't agree with it at all. Not at all. I mean, that is something that you are, my opinion you're disrespecting our flag. You're disrespecting the people who fought for your freedom, who gave you the right to protest if you want. I just think I look at it completely different. You know, I just, it, it just, it bothers me that they do that. I think that, like I said, there's plenty of other avenues for you to go down to protest. And do that you, should not be one of them. Does your son feel that way? or Well, he? you know, I, there was something on one of the social media sites and I was looking at it and I said, son, look at this. I want you to see this. And it was a Marine who wrote a letter to the commissioner about that, what was going on about the, you know, and it said, it said, you know, I, I am a Marine. I did fight for this country. I don't get paid millions of dollars. You know, I get paid minimal. I'm away from my family. I don't, you know, I don't get to do all these things. I don't get all these privileges and this and that sort of thing, you know, and these football players should not be disrespecting us and this flag the way they are. And you should impose some sort of penalty or something other like that. And I showed that to my son. I said, son, here, read this. And he started reading it and he's like, no, I'm not going to read this. They're disrespecting football players. I'm like, um, no, they are not. They are not disrespecting football players. You need to understand what this is about and what that flag means and what the anthem means, you know, instead of just thinking that automatically that it's, you know, the, it's against football players. But then again, I do realize he is only 17. He was 16 at the time. So, you know, he still doesn't quite understand. Yeah, exactly. He is impressionable. And I don't think he really understands fully what he, you know, what it's all about because when they play the anthem for his school at his games, you know, he, he doesn't, he, he stands, he stands. And at some point he holds his helmet up in the air, mm-hmm. you know? And I'm like, well, why do you do that, son? He said, well, you know, I've, it's cool. because it's cool. <laughs> Basically because it's cool. Exactly. He's seen the other players do it. It's exactly what it's about. I'm like, Hmm. Okay. All right. As long as you understand, you know, what it really means, what that song means and why they play it and what that flag means, you know? 
So. Well, I'm, I'm, I was so curious to hear what your thoughts were on that. Cause you know, we don't normally talk about, right. I'm not no. normally asking right. your opinion about race stuff. Right. Right. You Again, know, those are yeah. over wine. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. And anyway, right. I mean, it's like, yeah, but I was really curious your thoughts on that. And I'm, I'm really, really so glad that you feel that way because it, I, I feel the same way. I feel like, I mean, my, my dad served in the air mm-hmm. force and, my husband was a Marine and I mm-hmm. just feel so strong. I, so I never served, mm-hmm. but I certainly lived among service members and I, to see people that are willing to go overseas and, and fight for our country, exactly. defend you and me. Exactly. I just feel like, wow, we need to give right. them the utmost. And you are so correct. Mm-hmm. There are so many other so venues, many. platforms. Yes, if you want to do a million man march right. in D.C., Lord knows we're right, right. outside of D.C., right. have at it. Right. Get down That's in Baltimore, Detroit, right. exactly. all these areas that uh, you know? have so many right. you know, black on black crimes where it's right. I mean, people, black people are dying every day in huge numbers. Right. Why it's so underreported. I, I don't know mm-hmm. why that is, but that, it's such a big problem. And it's like, if you really want to help, yes, that's great. Do it, mm-hmm. you know, but, mm-hmm. but do it in a way that's actually productive, right? Not divisive. The, what right. you're doing is actually really, really divisive. I know it is. I, I mean, know. It's, it's not helping. I know. And, and is it really serving if you're going to protest police officers and so forth? Is that helping any? No, not at all. Not at all. No, not at all. seem to be. No. And you know, I feel that, and there's probably going to be a lot of people who are not going to agree with this statement, but I feel that I can say it coming from both sides. And my dad and I have this conversation because my dad is black. We have this conversation often, you know, we talk about these things all the time, but I think, and he is in agreement with me somewhat too. I feel that, you know, sometimes on the black side, I, I think you know, black people, some are still looking for something, you know, something like they're owed something, you know, instead of actually going out. Yeah, I know I'm going to get in big trouble saying that, but I, you know, that's how I feel. Stop. You know, I feel like you stop, get out there, you know, as I told my children, get an education, get an education, work, you know, stop, stop, stop trying to, you know, I don't know, whatever you're trying to do, I feel. Well, it's definitely, it's, it's not helpful. <clears throat> no, it's to, not helpful. Because uh, it does. It's seem- not helpful because you're keeping black people down when you do that. That's the point of it. You're keeping black people down. You're keeping them from advancing when you do things like that, mm-hmm. you know, and other things that you're, you're not doing any good for the black cause. Yeah, I think it, it does more damage. It does. I mean, it does more damage. Than, than help it, yes, anything. Yes, it does. And it just, and Lord knows we need those police officers. It's not, the anthem, the whole thing with, you know, it's a double whammy because if you're kneeling during the anthem, then it's so disrespectful right. to our armed forces, to all those right. men and women who do have the, the components mm-hmm. to get out mm-hmm. there, you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. do what most people would not want to do to, you know, put their lives at risk. Right. And, you know, but then the double whammy with the police officers, you know, you know, I've, I've not always been a huge fan no. of growing up <laughs> police officers no. because I always kind of felt like, you know, right. leave me alone. I pay right. my taxes. I'm not doing anything right. crazy. You know, mm-hmm. don't pull me over for, you know, I mean, right. one time I got pulled over <laughs> 
and I'll never forget, this was probably about eight years ago, and I was speeding. Actually, I wasn't speeding, come to think of it. I was coming back from, from dinner. I was driving. My husband was in the passenger seat, and my two kids were in the back, and it was like a Sunday, you know, six o'clock, whatever. And, and I got pulled over and the police officer, I'm thinking, what, what, you know, what the hell did I get pulled over for? Cause I knew I wasn't speeding. And the cop gave me a, a ticket for my husband not wearing his seatbelt. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was a crock of bull. I just thought that is so much crap. And I got so mad and I said, wow. I said, my husband has a stain on his shirt. So I, are you going to give me right. a ticket for that? I was <laughs> such a little hothead. I was yes. so pissed. I was really pissed. I just thought, you, and I remember saying, I just read an article in the paper about crime being up, you know, 8% mm-hmm. or whatever it was over right. last year. And I said, you, you don't have anything better to do than pull over a family of for right, coming home right. for dinner. I was just so right. mad about that. So yeah. I have a little bit of, but you know, this whole thing, ironically, and part of it too, is growing up a little more and being a little, yes. a little yes. more <laughs> wise, but, but yes. realizing that police officers, you know, God, they're putting their lives on the line every they are. single day for us They too. absolutely are. They are. You know, they're risking all these they situations are. you're talking about, you know, with People, you know, having fights and they're showing mm-hmm. up at their house in the mm-hmm. midst of, you know, some some husband and wife, whatever, mm-hmm. fighting or, or right. whatever's happening, drugs right. and so forth. They don't know what they're walking into. Right. And Lord knows when we need them, we're praying they're going to show up. Right. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, mm-hmm. now I have the utmost respect for police officers. And, you know, I think kind of that that whole protesting almost backfires on right. that because it kind of to me. It, it, it makes you, it reminds you that, wow, they, I hope they show up when, you know, I need them. Right, right, you know? right. And they will. I mean, it's their duty. It's their job. Right. Yeah. You no, know? they will. But I mean, but they, it's, you know, yeah. appreciating. Appreciate. Yeah, what definitely. They're doing, I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah. But I mean, it's, it's such an interesting thing. I hope it kind of goes away here pretty soon. This whole protest stuff. Well, you know, yeah. and I was really happy that the. Major League Baseball had had their stuff together, and they, you know, like, did you see at the L.A. the L.A. Dodgers? They had the police officers quartet. They sang the national anthem before. Oh, did they? No, I didn't yeah, see that one. Oh, before, that's awesome. Or it was either game six or seven. Mm-hmm. But I just thought, wow, and that's in L.A. Mm-hmm. That was way cool. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, th- I thought that was really, really neat to have. Yeah, you know. To, but, you know, and, they, and it was kind of a slap, slap in the face to the NFL fans. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know a lot of people said that, and I think that's kind of true because, I mean, it was. <laughs> but, hey. well, I got to ask you, so mm-hmm. what is the best advice you would give for a mom or dad, you know, with a biracial child? I realize there's a lot more these days than when you were coming up, mm-hmm. but what would be your best advice or your best advice to that child? To teach them to be strong and be proud with who they are and who they are. That color does not matter. Not to see color, basically. Not to see color. To be who you are and be strong and proud of who you are and don't ever let anyone tell you any different. You know, and you as a parent, you tell, you instruct them. You, you have to guide them into that and love them. Make sure that they don't see color. Make sure that if someone says anything to them, you tell them, well, you know, how do you feel about that? You're strong. Be strong and proud of who you are. That's great advice. Mm-hmm. And what is the best advice anyone has ever given you? About race? Just anything. anything. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily about uh, race. Yeah, you know. I, you know, I don't know, Patty. 
I think about that one, huh? Gotcha. Kind of stumped me on that one. Yes, you did. <laughs> yeah, I didn't give you the uh, answer. No, you me. didn't, right? You didn't give me the question. No. <laughs> well, you know what? I probably along the same lines. You know, you thinking back, many of conversations that I've had with my dad. You know, just to to be who you are. Be who you are. Don't hide yourself from anyone. You know, be who you are. If people don't like you for who you are, well, then that's their problem, you know, because being who you are, being real, keep it real. People will, you know, they'll appreciate that. Mm hmm. Definitely. No, you got to do you. Right? Yeah. Yeah. You got to let me do me. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I got to ask you, cause I like to ask all my guests, mm-hmm. can you share kind of one personal habit, a daily habit that you do that you feel contributes to your own success in life. Ah, see, I knew that one was coming. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, Are you ready for this? this? Because here we go. (laughs) Let's go. (laughs) You know, I have every morning, you know, there are a few things I do. I tell myself, I talk to God every morning and I, I thank God for the blessings that we have, that I have, that I've been blessed with, the many blessings continuing to come into my life that I everything that I do is successful, you know, and to just keep us healthy and safe, you know, through the day, bring us home together tonight, you know, and help me to be the best that I can be, the best person I can be, the best employee I can be, the best wife I can be, the best mother I can be for today, you know, and the best, if I can help somebody, let me help them today in any kind of way, you know, that I can. Mm-hmm. And make me a po- make it a positive, happy day. And I tell myself I am strong. I'm strong. I take nothing personally and be who I am. Stand strong. That's good stuff. Yeah, good stuff. Mm-hmm. Would you you have a book that you would recommend? Oh my goodness! You know, here lately, you know, I don't know. I think there was one book. I think I told you about this before. The and I can't remember the name of it, the inner child, something about the inner child, you know, dealing with the, you know, the race and things like that. No, not at the moment. Well, I know you read a lot of like (laughs) self or you have. I do a lot of self-help. Yeah. Actually the four agreements is a good book. I don't know if you've heard of that, but the four agreements I think is pretty good. Hmm. No. Yeah. But that sounds like, I mean, it sounds like self-help books have been really, really good for you. Yes, they have. Well, I just want to thank you so much, Maria. I just can't tell you how excited I was to have you on. Well, me too. Because <laughs> <laughs> we always have, always have such great I know, conversations. <laughs> and for you to share your story, your personal story means a lot. So hopefully, you know, the listeners out there will really, you know, either share in that, understand that and right. and gain some, some enlightenment. Right. Enlightenment. Yeah. Uh, can't get the words out today from that. So I really, Mm -hmm. really appreciate it. And I am starting a new segment on my episodes, kind of just giving my take. And so I just want to say that, you know, I I know race is a really delicate subject today, but I think we all need to be really sensitive to each other, but at the same time, be careful not to look, you know, at the world through the prism of race. And I think that's what Maria does so successfully is she really just kind of rolls with through life, just kind of doing her thing. And then, you know, sometimes that, that pops its, you know, little head up as far as, you know, somebody doing something. But overall, I think she does so successfully what I think we all need to do, which is just you know, live your life, treat everyone like Martin Luther King says, by the content of your character and, and not race. Sure, you're going to look at someone and you're going to see 
black, white, male, woman, young, old, you're going to see those things that that's, you know, that's just life. That's how you're going to describe somebody. That's how you're going to view them immediately. But really to just, you know, look at who is this person, want to get to know them, you know, and, and then look beyond all those other things. So I'm not saying that racism doesn't exist. I realize it does. Of course it does. But I think, you know, for if we if we just get past kind of those identity buckets of gender and race, religion, all those things that, you know, really divide us. I think, you know, we all can be really super successful. And I think that, you know, I think our society really has, you know, promoted the success of all people. And truly, I think America is is one country where more than any other, we root for the the success of people of all ethnicities and now even today sexualities and lots of other things and I think to say that that's not true is is really doing a disservice and I don't think that anyone who says otherwise is is really being fair because all you have to do is look around everywhere and you will see if you're talking about black people you will see a plethora of successful, wildly successful people. You're talking everybody from Oprah to, you know, the Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas, President of the United States, Barack Obama. I mean, for heaven's sakes, let alone every ethnicity or women in high powered positions and in government and business and so forth or or Latinos. So you don't have to look far. They're everywhere. I mean, there's only so many white males to be honest with you. And then everything else, you, you can put them in a bucket, right? So I just think that we we really need to remember, and this is my opinion, that I feel we live in America in the most exceptional country in the world. And that even though we've made mistakes in our short history, I think this is the land of opportunity like no other. And really in America, your success is limited only by you and your own persistence to succeed. So that wraps up this episode of the Pitbull Patty Show. And remember, don't be afraid. Find your inner Pitbull. Take time to create a master plan for your life because people who fail to plan, plan to fail. So if you like what we're doing here, get off that treadmill. Get your phone, subscribe to the Pitbull Patty Show. It's free. You'll be notified of all new episodes. You can also go to pitbullpatty.com. You can find us on Facebook at Pitbull Patty. And please do me the honor of rating the show or leaving a quick comment. Until next time.